Yo, yo. What's up? Yeah, man, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Oh, there it is. There, there it is. That was it. Just some some minor technical difficulties, but you'll have that. <laughs> yeah, man. How you it's, doing? Hey, you know what? Life is great. You know what I'm saying? Life is great, baby. Good. I like to hear that. Um, so this is uh this is Chewy's Road to Enlightenment. Uh tonight I have uh Ricardo Grimm on. Uh just dropped a new album, Savior Isn't Coming. Yes, sir. Sid Wilson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Signed on Vomit Face Records now. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And Absolutely. You're doing it. Hey man, you know what? I'm I'm grateful. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's the best thing that I've accomplished in my career um, as a rapper and writer. Uh, so it, it um it's humbling, man, to to be working with Sid. You know, it's humbling to be working with all the great producers I'm working with. Um, my engineer and producer, Dave Gaines. Um, you know, my partners who are always in the background, Dex and V and um it, 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 it in the fans like i don't like to say fans so i'll say fam you know my fam who just man the response to the record sick it's just something i couldn't even fathom initially because i just wanted to you know put some things down on, on on the beats man and hopefully somebody just one two people might relate or resonate but just the outpour positive reflection and positive intake and, and just the way it, it touched people, man. I, I'm grateful. I'm humble. You know what I'm talking about? I do. And, you know, and that's, you know, our interactions, you know, messaging and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, you, you deserve it, man. You do. Because what you guys did, um, I, I've never heard anything like that. Oh man, <laughs> hey, let me say this too though. I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? Off top, I appreciate you, man, for for lending me your ear. You know what I mean? For for spending your valuable time, even giving me a listen, man, and um, and giving me the response and the feedback that you've been giving me all uh, through this time, man. I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you for having me on your show too, man. Um, me me and Sid. Um, well, originally, like me and Dave Gaines, uh, 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 was just saying, like, man, we gotta, you know, I got, I gotta do something, man. And then, um, we're, we're linking up with Sid. We wanted to make sure that it was something that and what nobody doing, man. And Sid's so far ahead, um, when it comes to thought and music, like the way he thinks and you know what 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 he produces musically, he's so far ahead of time that it was going to sound like something that nobody ever done. You know what I mean? It was not just a trap record. You know, it's not just a this record or that record. It's it's something that I feel and see it feels that feels that void in hip hop in a large way. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was like, all right, you know, do something different outside the box, feel that, feel that void in hip hop and give them folk over there who, feel like they don't have a voice, so ain't nobody speaking for them. Say somebody is feeling like you, somebody is speaking for you. 
and you know it's like you said you know it, it resonates with people it touches people you know when i first heard it when, when you dropped it i i had to listen to it multiple times <laughs> and in that in you know in in and it and i'm not saying that in a bad way it was no, like no. you just gotta i'm like holy shit like i gotta fucking listen to this thing again and you have in that album there's there's certain albums that you have to listen to start to finish. Yeah. yeah. And because it's a ride, you yep. know, it's, there's a story being told there's a, it's a fucking ride and you, you have to start it and you, and you got to let it go and, and, and you got to let it finish off and, you know, having the, having that hidden little gem at the end there too, you know, <laughs> that, you know, it kicks in. It's like, Holy shit. Uh-huh. Wasn't expecting that. All right. See, and that 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 part right there, um, that actually comes in on the number six six six. If if folk really dig into it, you know that that hidden that hidden Easter egg, yep. and we did that purposefully. Um, obviously, you know, for the number for for whatever the number means to to the folk that you know internalize it. You know, I, I look at it as as what I look at it as. You know, some people think it's evil and all that, but it really ain't. Um. But six 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 is where that that little Easter egg comes in, man. So I'm glad you picked up on that, man, because a lot of folks ain't pick up on that. Yeah, it, like like I said, I and, and I always like when an, when an album comes out, and uh, you know, I always find myself it's like just let it if if it's going and there's nothing playing, it's like just wait because there might be a little something extra on this, <laughs> yeah. and, and I and I like that, and it's just you know the uh, the album start to finish, it's 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 art it's it's beautiful it's you know i describe to somebody as like this sonic roller coaster of emotion and fear mm. damn because you don't it, you, like i when that when it starts off you're like what the hell is this you know you're talking uh-huh. to your therapist and it's like holy shit people can relate to that yeah like people yeah. relate to that, you know and that's like right off the bat off the rip Yep. Yeah, that's it. You, you know, you're coming up, you're coming in with that right, right away. And it's like, holy shit. Okay. All, all right. And yeah, then it's just, it's on. Bro, like, and, and happy birthday, happy 50th birthday to hip hop right now. Um, It's, it's so for me, it's a conversation I'm having with folk, right? But for me, it's also about the vulnerability and being transparent as an artist. And really, bro, it took it took me really saying, all right, I'm going to go ahead and let it out, let it go and be vulnerable to be able to do this record the way we did it. Like with my psychiatrist, who my sister played, my twin plays my psychiatrist on this record, but letting it be so, and she's a real clinician too. She, oh, that's really? what she does. Yeah, she's a clinician. She does psychotherapy. So what, what, for me, just saying, I want this trip, this ride, this experience, because me and Sid, I always say, dude, you know, we, we conjuring an experience to feel like it's really happening and it's real because it is, it's real. You know, I really got a psychiatrist. <laughs> you dig <laughs> what I'm saying? You know, it's not a game. You know, I'm really on a few different medications. You know what I'm saying? And for folk who think it's taboo 
you know, to even talk about, especially within hip hop, man. You know, not recently, there's a lot of folk, you know, coming out and saying different things about mental awareness, mental health awareness and mental illness. But for the most part, hip hop has kind of been like, you know, shot away from that topic. And the only people that really had talked about it early on were ghetto boys, mind playing tricks on me. You know what I'm saying? Was Bone Thugs and Harmony, was Brother Lin Chung, was Gangsta Nip. But there wasn't a lot of folk talking about that you know, the mental mental health awareness and mental hygiene, bro. So me starting to work it off with that and ending it with that was really important for the journey because I really don't care about if this shit is going to be trendy, if this shit is going to go viral. You dig what I'm saying? Like, yeah. is it going to touch somebody? It, it, do somebody feel like they can relate? That's right. what we was hitting for. And, and, you know, and that's, that's what I love about, you know, you, you know, and this is it's your album's art it's it's a piece of art and you know and i always you know say that to people you know i said music music is art and people that get it get it yeah and you know when when you have a piece of art you know that's available to everyone you know anybody can get this mm -hmm. and, and and to me that's the beautiful thing about music is there's like like you know this this i, I don't like this isn't like a straight up rap album it, it's oh. got bits and pieces of everything and it's like you know you there's you can hear the metal influences you can hear mm -hmm. the r b you can hear soul you can yep. you can hear you know just electronic you know yes, beat sir. music it's it's all there and that's it, it was just like i said man it's it's um it's a pretty mind-blowing trip putting it on and listening to it and uh you know i've been spinning it the last couple of days a lot just to get it in my head preparing for the interview with you you know to talk about it and uh true you know. dude like you know, like see it always say on repeat on repeat that's what we say on repeat on repeat because we we um me i would i did also and you know i don't like to always explain it but you know i feel like with you and our relationship we've built online you know, that I'm comfortable enough to go ahead and say it. I made it hypnotic on purpose. Like we made it hypnotizing on purpose. We made it, we, we conjured it in a way where you have to keep listening to it, have to keep listening to it. Because so much, and I know you know so much music right now, man, is just fly by night. It's just real microwave. And I'm not, I'm not clowning anybody. It's real commercial. And if that's what you want to do, you know, get your quick dollar, get your quick jingle. That's cool. I ain't even mad at you. But we made this and conjured this purposefully to be hypnotic, man. And to be art and to be something that the folk can interpret for themselves and that give folks something where they say they got you got to like this because everybody else is doing this so you must like this no nah, man you know what you might actually hate sick but it makes you feel something that's why you hate it It make you feel something about yourself it make you want to get rid of the guilt it make you want to change and make you feel uncomfortable but that means you growing you know what i'm saying so sonically the way sid were producing in, in, in j57 and and Rick Chavez and White Noise and Morgoth Beats and Brian Spencer, those are the other producers that are on the record. Nice. 
the, the way we 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 approached everything was it's gonna be a little uncomfortable. There's gonna be different melodies. There's gonna be different harmonies. There's gonna be some some clashing of sounds. There's gonna be some shit to where you you be at a Slipknot concert and you get in a mosh pit. You might get hit there and there, but you enjoying the experience. You know what I'm saying? It ain't just something that's cool, like you say. It ain't just a regular rap album. No, it's it's just yeah. When you when you guys say you tapped into something you know other world spirit worlds mm-hmm. otherworldly ghost gang you, can, you feel, ghost gang yes sir ghost gang. we're gonna talk about that too ah uh, <laughs> dig you, it you want to go into the ghost gang now I mean that's a pretty good segue into it ghost gang man so ghost gang is my partners and, and, and loved ones that have physically left this plane, but they still walk with me. Mm-hmm. And they still walk with you, your loved ones that have physically left this plane. And you know what I'm saying? Ghost Gang is the ones that came to me like, look, this is how I want you to do this record. Or, hey, don't turn down this block right here. Go straight. Hey, don't get on this plane right now, bro, bro. You know what I'm saying? So the, 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 the spirit world that still tangible to those who are open it is is ghost gang you know what i'm saying and, and it's not a gimmick um well I, I say it like this it's a gimmick but not in the sense of the negative way it, it it's something i that was brought to me when one of my homies was killed when i was younger so and then it just kept happening. I've been dealing with quote unquote death all my life. When I was born, my great grandfather died. You know, my mama's family has funeral homes. They have funeral home businesses. So yeah. I grew up in it, but actually experiencing it on a paranormal level happens to me quite frequently. So mm-hmm. being tapped in, I'm not a, I'm not afraid of it. You know what I'm saying? You embrace it. I embrace it fully, absolutely. Yep. Because death, you know, and this is something I wanted to talk to you about too. To me, death has just as much significance in our in our lives now. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's the it's like you got to deal. You know, you're you're born, you live, you die. You're always dealing with it. You're always finding coping mechanisms to deal with it. Um, different ways to get through that grief. Yep. And, and and sometimes like so my dad he's he's he he has like he he's got like a, a sixth seventh eighth ninth tenth sense whatever you want to call it like he just he he has he knows things sometimes mm-hmm. you know he's seen loved ones um you know after my grandfather passed away in 97 and uh you know we were we were fortunate enough to be there with him um mm-hmm. you know died from cancer and like oh, two man. minutes after my fa- grandfather passed away, my father heard him screaming. Mm-hmm. You know, he went outside and he heard him screaming and he's like, can you hear that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. He's like, your grandfather's yelling for me. Uh, you know, and yes, we live in an old farmhouse. You know, I, I, I grew up on my family's farm where I am. Oh, now you got a nice spooky environment. It, yeah, it, it is, but it's always been in the family. You know, the house was built in, this is the second, the first farmhouse, I believe it burnt down on the property. So this is the second one. Um, It was built in like 1929. Wow. By my great grandfather. 
who Sheesh. lived up the street from us uh, up until he was 104, I believe. He, he was going to be 104. What? Wow. Yeah. Good, good nice. genes, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Longevity. It's, that's it. You know, he was a old school, you know, farmer. Um, Dig he's it. Po- Polish, drank his uh-huh. red wine, ate his garlic, broccoli. Like, yeah, he just yeah, just stayed healthy and uh, you know lived a lived a good life and you know had seven kids and and their kids all had kids and so on and you know here I am. So, um, but uh, I don't know where the hell I was going with any of this. No, I know we, we were talking ghost game, right? And ghost game, right? You know, and. and you saying like how death is a part of life you know what i'm saying it's part of our journey yeah there's nothing to really the way we look at it in a lot of cultures in the west we look at it so different but cultures all over the world look at death in a whole different way than we do here in the states man so the ghost gang it's not mine you know what i'm saying i don't own it you dig it's something that is um and I, I I don't write my lyrics down. So when when you're hearing stuff, a lot a lot of times I'm channeling from the ghost gang. You know, like I said, it might be my brother, but it might be one of my partners saying something like, "Hey, say this, put this line right here. Hey, I want you to talk about this." Yep. You know, and what other people might look at it as, hmm. This motherfucker probably schizophrenic, man. What are you talking about? Right? But <laughs> it, 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 it's only perceived that way from certain folk. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's that's another reason I'm all, I'm hesitant to talk about it. But I'm also cautious of who I talk to about it. Because, you know, folk want to judge you. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, they got their own preconceived notions. They come out of whatever religious canon they come out of. And... You say certain things and he automatically box you into this. Oh, you crazy. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, well, what did crazy mean? Like, you know, exactly. let's define let's explore crazy. that shit for me. You know, explore that shit for me. You know, because I could say you crazy for X, Y, and Z. Yep. You dig? I could say you crazy for, you know, circling a, a meteor all these times and kissing it. Yeah. <laughs> I could say you crazy for looking at this dude that was <laughs> crucified. Right. And well, I mean, I could say you're crazy, but, you know, I won't because that's what you choose. That's what works for you. You know what I'm saying? So the ghost gang. Yeah, man. I don't write my lyrics. Shit be coming to me, bro. That's why uh, when people if they do pay attention to how I write or what I post when I'm writing things like I say, we conjured this, we conjured that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I really practice some things, man. You know what I'm saying? I, it ain't a game, you know. Like I said in one of the records, you know, everybody demon now and shit obnoxious. Capping for celebrity partner until it's conjured. Yeah, you a demon until you start conjuring shit and you ain't think you could. Yeah, okay. You did what I'm saying. So I don't play with it. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't play with it. That 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 realm ain't nothing to play with. No, it's it, you know, it's it's real. Absolutely. The shit's real. Like, like I always, you know, caution my kids, you know, with like, with Ouija boards. Yep. I'm Mm -hmm. like, you you can open, I'm like, you know, some people are just more susceptible 
to to inviting bad things or negative energy in you know and that you know that and you know the point behind this whole podcast too you know is a positive environment you know positivity mm-hmm. you know lifting each other up you know giving people a voice that maybe they're not going to be heard maybe they're going to be heard but the conversation you know to have a, a stimulating conversation in a positive manner and, and just to just to lift other people up and that's that's what this is about and you know and <clears throat> you know in the but getting back to the um that's good shit, bro. Cause motherfuckers, people need to be lifted up, man. You know what I'm saying? It's some, it's some really interesting time right now, and and um, so many different pockets of uh folk around the world, man, really need. I feel really need to be lifted up, dog. You know, people can say, man, Graham, how you how you saying that and this, and you done killed eleven eleven people in, in two records, and then killed, you know. But here's the thing, though. I'm speaking about things in a perspective and and giving folk perspective of different environments that I've lived in, that my family lived in, that you may live in or what have you. So it's art, but at the same time, for me saying, how do I, how do I reach the youngins that's on the, that ain't got no mama, dad, or they, you know, mama strung out and they got a trap and, that's what they have to do in order to eat and feed their little brothers and sisters and keep the lights on. And, and that environment is what breeds the, the type of things that hip hop saves you from when you start getting into it. Like, oh, all right, well, I can live this life. I've lived this life, but I can use what I've lived through, channel it. I can give it back in artistic form and get out of this environment. And I don't have to be preachy about my message, but I want people to feel the enlightenment. I want folk to feel good. I want folk to feel like they can do some shit. I want folk to feel like they don't have to pull that trigger on themselves or nobody else. I want folk to feel like, damn, you know what? I do feel like I might want to hurt myself today. I need to talk to somebody. Like, damn, let me listen to this. Bruh, I would listen to Bushwick Bill and he would help me it would help me get through shit i would listen listen to ghetto boys and bone and 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 fucking deep purple and not and different shit to get me through things even though they might have been talking about x y and z it made me feel like i wasn't alone so it was like okay okay you can be a positive motherfucker even though you talking about some hardcore shit yep no and that's, you know, like, that's, you know, that music <clears throat> doesn't matter what it is. You know, it could be like fucking Johnny Cash. Oh, man. Fucking yeah. Hank the Third or fucking yeah, Hank Jr. or Waylon. Waylon Jennings. We went to, it's funny, my, uh, we went to a hardcore show the other night. Um, I took both of my boys. Oh, yeah, who y'all see? So the, the headline and band was Tree. Um, they're a Boston hardcore band started back in probably early nineties. Um, they, they, they toured and they, they were on Vans warp tour. They would play next town over for me. Fuck. It was like every weekend when I was a kid. So like, I was like 13 years old going to these fucking hardcore shows. And, and, you know, I saw uh, there were so many bands that came through there with them that they um that you know exposed me to di- you know, different types of 
hardcore and and you know this band downset out of la um mm. i don't know if you ever heard of them but they're like a um mm -mm. they're hardcore rap they were doing like what rage is doing before rage oh shit okay like it was just a um it, it was and and again i wasn't i wasn't used to that that mu that type of music and then it's like holy shit uh, you know so it opens up another door and yep. then you know it just again like <clears throat> but um yeah so they were i'm sorry so they were headlining um this band death ray vision um was co-headlining <laughs> oh dude the fucking old school feel um the singer is this is um he used to do uh, backup vocals and sing in this band it was a boston hardcore band from the early 90s called wrecking crew mm. um shout out to those motherfuckers yeah. the, I, and so these guys um death ray vision the bass player from kill switch engage mike mike d he uh this is his band um and uh you know put this together i think they've been around uh shit their first singer was Brian Fair from um, Shadows Fall. So they've been around for a while. And uh, yet they were co-headlining with them. And uh, local guys, Medicated Savage, another phenomenal, like, metal with a twist. I like that name too, Medicated Savage. Oh, my God. I'll share you. I'll share some of their stuff with you um, later on or tomorrow or something. And you can check it out. But live presence, live show, these guys just fucking tear it up. Tear it up. Um, Hero and the Horror, they're another local band. Um, same thing, melodic metal, um, groove well, metal, cool. just Man, that's so good familiar. shit. Hero What's that? Horror. I'm losing you a little bit, Grim. You, you losing me? Yeah, yeah. Hold up. Let me, let me, let me see something. Our reception is crazy out here. Let me see. Is it any better? Yeah, that's getting better now. Okay. All right. Stepped outside in the wilderness real quick. Nice. We, we've been having – I we were having issues, I think, because we had some weather come through here. Um, oh. We had thunderstorms, rain. It was yeah. fucking crazy. It been, man, weather been – I ain't going to get into the weather and all that. And then um, – Who's controlling it? No, no. <laughs> We're on the same page, man. We're on the same. Yeah, I get you. I get it. Know, bro, you know, I ain't trying to get canceled. <laughs> you know, and you fucking cancel. say that. And that's that's the age we, we live in where we say something and fucking people take it out of context or they just put their freaking spin on it. And it's like next thing you know, it's like, oh. Wow, I got a bunch of people that fucking hate me for something I said or didn't say, or you know, a view I may have shared. It's like, what the fuck? I can't even be myself without getting canceled. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's, man, that's that's what makes it like. So we can have healthy conversations and healthy arguments. Why can't we have our own opinions and see things through the lenses that we see through? Because here's the thing. I don't know what light is if I ain't been in the dark. Yeah. So I'm not finna shun either of them. 
I'm not going to cancel the moon because I'm all about the sun or vice versa. Like, you're too bright. That's just wrong. You're burning the grass. No, man. It's a, it's a, it's, everything has its role. Even mosquitoes. I hate mosquitoes. Yeah. But they got a role. <laughs> They're there for a reason. They're there for a reason. They there for a reason. Do they give people malaria? Yeah. But they there for a reason. You gonna cancel mosquitoes next? Yeah. No, they you know what I'm saying? Like, what's next? You dig what you gonna cancel great whites? Just don't swim when they around, motherfucker. Like, so when I say my opinion, like I got canceled from black Twitter doing the whole Black Lives Matter thing because I made some statements like Listen, my cousin had just got killed. And I was like, man. Sorry about that. No, it was all good. During that time, you know, he had got killed during the Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter thing. But, you know, another black man killed him. And I was saying, like, listen, I understand where y'all might be wanting to go. But don't tell me that Black Lives Matter saying it to all these people of her. When ain't nobody marching around when my cousin got killed. Mm -hmm. Why? Oh, well, that's different. A black man killed him. Something wrong with you. Something wrong with you. So anyway, I won't go into deep detail deep about that, but I got kicked off, banned from black Twitter because of my opinion about things. And they were like, nah, bro, y'all not being a hundred. Y'all not being real because if 12 kids just got killed in Philadelphia, by other by twelve other kids that look like them, but ain't nobody marching. I see something wrong with that. But it's, as soon as somebody not your complexion, not your quote unquote race, does something to one of yours, quote unquote, now we wanna march. Now we wanna come on man. Let's be a hundred. Let's be a yeah. hundred. You know. Yeah, so and that's that's one of the biggest problems is, you know, fucking race. It's like, yeah, we're all one race. We're the fucking human race. You, you, yeah. See, see, we think alike. But the the problem is a lot of times, man. Like I know you've seen Hunger Games, but the the division, you know, it's easier to conquer when you can divide, folks. It sure is. It's way easier. If I can get you to, <laughs> if I can get you to not like somebody because of their complexion, mm -hmm. that's. That's easy. I can come in and do anything. No, I can, I can control your mind, baby. I control your mind. Because you just don't like somebody because of their complexion or because of their gender or because of their age or because of their political views or like them little things right there. If I can tell you, nah, you ain't got to rock with them or you, you should hate these folk because of this. Why? Because they, they're gay? Now you got to hate them. Uh, why? Because somebody is older, somebody's disabled. Now nah, you gotta, nah, man, that's the easiest way to conquer is division. And we, I've seen enough Hunger Games to know what's going on now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking scary. You know, it's it the shit's fucking real. And yeah, it's, bro. You know it, and that's why, you know, you know, when I tell my kids, I'm like, you know, they grew up. Um, you know, we raised them, we gave them choices, you know, they may not have made the best choices at times, but we let them, we let them do that. Yep. And, you know, and, and, and taking care of your family and looking out for your family and looking out for your friends, 
And when I say family, there's, there's people that I have friends that, you know, I consider them family and, Absolutely. you know, I'm, I'm going to look out for them. And that's as long as they got your back and you, and you know, and you got their back, it's like all the other shit doesn't matter. Look at the end of the day, if a fucking nuke comes over here and, and wipes us out, it, it doesn't matter if you're, you got your family, you know, you, you, you talk to them, you love them, you tell them that then that's the shit that fucking matters. All the other stuff is just, it's just, it's just fucking bullshit. Yeah, man. It's a lot of distractions too. You know what I mean? A lot of that shit distraction, man. Distracting us from the, the true enlightenment, man. Like, you know, as long as I can keep on getting folks to disagree, they're not going to think for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, disagree on the level of, I can respect your opinion. We can respectfully disagree about some shit. As long as I can keep folk divided in a certain way and keep them occupied in a certain way and keep them <laughs> keep them in line, you know what I mean? I got mm-hmm. I got to be very delicate of how I speak. But I, with, you know, with with hip hop, that's why the, that's so dope because we can do things in hip hop that you really ain't quote unquote allowed to do in different art forms, man. Mm-hmm. And I say ain't allowed is because the freedom that hip hop kind of burst with the mixture of all these different music, different cultures that came together in New York to create this culture that we call hip hop. We can, we, we could take from so much man and put in so much coded shit that it don't have to be blatant what we talk about. You know what I'm saying? We, 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 we talking code. And that's why I love this art form because I can talk to code. I don't, I don't necessarily have to, but I'm choosing to because hip hop allows you to do that. Music in general allows you to do that. You know what I mean? I don't care if it's just somebody playing the motherfucking drums or if it's somebody singing they ass off or if it's somebody screaming they ass off or it's a DJ motherfucking scratching they ass off. Mm-hmm. We can communicate to each other in a way through music, bro, to let us all know that we the fucking same, man. We the same. We jamming at this concert together, ain't we? So we, this music is talking to us a certain way, ain't it? Yeah. Yep. You know, Dex, I was talking with Dex the other night and we were having this conversation, you know, we're like, he's like, you know, we're all the same fucking inside. We all have blood. We all shit, and I'm like, yeah, and it all fucking stinks. Like, <laughs> you did, <laughs> right? I mean, we're all the, you know, grow, grow, me growing up. So I grew up in Western Massachusetts. So oh, I'm like okay. hour and forty five minutes outside of Boston. I'm towards like the the closer to to New York. Like we're like forty minutes to New York. Um, and you know, I where I grew up. I was exposed to a lot of stuff. Northampton, the next town over, there's a huge LGBTQ community there. And, you know, my uncle was openly gay. You know, we knew that as kids. And, you know, he dated, you know, Hispanic men and black men. Mm -hmm. You know, they were my uncles. You know, one of, you know, my, he, you know, to change that real quick. You know, we were talking, you were talking about mental health, you know, my uncle, yep. uh, overdosed and, you know, 
kind of ended it two years oh, ago. Sorry to hear that, brother. Thanks. I appreciate that. And, you know, <clears throat> you know, you were saying mental health. You never know the struggle somebody's going through, yep. you know, until it's too late or if they come and come to you and open up, you know, and yep. say something. And there were, you know, looking back, there were signs. You didn't, we didn't, you know, he was always happy. He was like fucking mm. one of the happiest mother. He's the guy that got me into like hard music. Like uh, he gave me Metallica Ride the Lightning on cassette for Christmas one year. It was like, nice. you know, I, and he's like, here, take this. And he's like, oh yeah, here's, I got you this too. Anthrax. Uh, I think it was State oh, of Euphoria. Shit. <laughs> yeah. And then my brother gets, uh, you know, he gave my brother Judas Priest. He's like, you, you'll like these guys too. Damn, that's what's up. Yeah, just old school, old school stuff. Um, but you know, he was the guy. He introduced me to heavy, heavy music. You know, my mom she introduced us to to Ozzy, Queen. We love Queen, Zeppelin, mm. The Who, all those, The Beatles, Stones, all the old bands. That was from my mom. My uncle kind of like pushed it a little bit further and gave us that interest in 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 the heavy music. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, and he, he, so he always, you know, one of his, um, uh, his exes is, is, uh, we're still in touch with him. You know, he's, I, I call him my uncle cause he's my uncle. He's family, right. you know, that's how right. we grew up. And, and oh. he's, he's a black man and, and people see, you know, it was funny when we were kids, he used to take us, like we go for ice cream or go to the store or something. And, uh, we'd get out and we'd be in there and, you know, we'd be talking and they're like, Oh, who, you know, we'd run into somebody in town. Who are you here with? I'm like, Oh, with my uncle, Michael, he's right here. And the fucking look people would give you. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like I didn't, again, as a kid, like that whole color barrier, like it wasn't, it wasn't there. I, you know, I never, I, just never had that. And it was like growing up like that, you know, I passed that on to my kids. Like it doesn't matter color, color or who you freaking screw or, you know, just as long as you're not hurting anybody else, do whatever the fuck you want. Like, and that's, that's, that's America. That's America. You know, you know that that's American. Like I'm not, not am I saying there ain't no isms. Yeah, it is sexism. Yeah, it is racism. Yeah, it is classism. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is homophobia. It is all these isms. But here's how I play it, right? As long as we keep on talking about and focusing on the problem, we're never going to be focused on solution. So we're not being solutionary. We're being problematic. So if we're saying there's an ism right here, then who? What's the solution? Right, we not, and that's the thing that gets me, man. Like, and, and shout out to all, shout out to all my pride people. It's still Pride Month, you know what I'm saying? That folk can take the ism, man, and polarize it so much, but only polarize the problem and don't want to focus on solution. It, right, you you hit the nail on the head right there. Nobody wants to focus on solutions. No, no. Because it's easier to just sit and complain about this is this and this is that and be mad at somebody or not like somebody, right? Those type of energy, anger is a, is, is a drug. It's one of them invisible drugs that 
you can get addicted to real quick, right? Mm -hmm. And you be so addicted and clouded by it and so high off of anger that you just angry at the fucking world. You might have one predisposition like, I hate them because they fat people, right? But really, really, it's something about yourself you don't like. Yeah. It's something about yourself you hate. It ain't them, it's you. Yep. But the dopamine that's released when you're angry, you're so accustomed to it. Being angry is normal. Being upset is normal. Being hateful, being spiteful, all these different things is normal because you're doing so much and it's so habitual that you think is normal, but that shit is not. It's not normal. And it only it only allows you to focus on problems. And that's, and, and that's it, man. You know, I you know, learned to, to shed the negative shit and, you know, keep that positive mindset and, you know, stay out of that, try to stay out of that negative mindset. Cause once you get in that fucking negative mindset, you're put, you're passing that on to other people. It's real contagious, ain't it? It's, it's, it's fucking, it's, it's sad. It's sad because it's more contagious than COVID. Isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That misery love company, boy. Motherfucking COVID. Oh my God, did that fuck me in the ass? Oh man, COVID. COVID did a lot. It, did, it hit the world, man. It hit the world with a sucker punch. The whole world, didn't it? It really showed us how small we are in a large way. It, yeah, it sure did. I, did. I tell you, you know what killed me the most out of COVID? So I, I fucking, I, I, I left a career of 18 years. I was a union. I, I started plumbing um, back in 90, 93, 94 and oh, went to high school. You was a union to, plumber? Yeah. So I started off as a, as a residential plumber, uh-huh. uh, got out of high school, went to work for a family friend and then met my wife at, at the time, you know, she was my, we met at our, at our, um, at our godson's christening. She was, uh, one of my best friends uh fiance's college roommate so we meet at the christening and you know we started hanging out and then we you know like a year and a half later we're married and having fucking kids and uh it just um where was i going with this <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm losing my fucking train no, of that's cool. uh, well, uh, but um Shit, I forget what what, what what were we just talking about? Dumb uh, COVID. COVID. Oh fuck yeah. So so oh yeah. And then I <clears throat> so sorry. So I went. In, her 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 dad was a union carpenter, and on our fucking wedding day, he takes me to the to the plumbers and pipe fitters local, and he's like, "You got to talk to these guys." He's like, "You need to get in the union." I'm like, "Oh, all right." Takes me down there. We fucking go in. Turns out he ends up knowing didn't un unknowingly to him he knew the guy they worked together at um at a power plant at seabrook new hampshire at the nuclear power plant back in the late 70s so they started talking and they're like he's like oh i know you oh no shit so he's like that was that was my introduction into the union and then a year later i was able to get in i had you know 18 plus years in there i left went over to fucking take a um municipal job as a in-house plumber at a school at a for a school system I'm there a couple months and then fucking COVID hits. And then we get, we kind of got furloughed and they're like, yeah, we're just, you know, we're doing budget cutbacks 
and you know, I was there 10 months, 10 months and I had gotten let go and, you know, and I had left the union and I'm like, fuck now what am what the fuck am I going to do? Wow. So I fucking take, take unemployment, I'm, you know, hanging out, doing stuff. A buddy of mine has, has a plumbing company. So we're, we're him and I were talking and he's like, well, come on, work for me for a little bit till you figure out what the fuck we're going to do. You know, I'm all right, all right, cool. I'm working there like three fucking months. I fall down a flight of stairs and I fucking completely blow out my freaking quad ligament on my right knee. Damn. So, you know, and this is like COVID's going on. You know, I had to get surgery on my knee. That was a whole shit show. You know, t- you got a test and all this stuff. And I, I, I got fucking COVID like five times. What? Last time I ha- I got it, I lost. I haven't had my taste or smell since fucking November. Wow, what the fuck? My wife had lost it for like a year, and she was like, you know, she's like, oh my god, everything smells like oil. It smells like grease. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, it's just like French fries. Or well, I know what she's talking about now. I'm ex- I experienced the same thing. You know, French fries kind of don't taste that good, like all this crazy shit. But it, you know. Um, I guess where I'm going with this is after all that bullshit, I just started to, I started to let that negative shit go. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, fuck it. Like you can't change, you know, you can just change what's going on with you now. You can't go back in time. Not that I know of yet. Uh, (laughs) I'll be ready to do that. If that happens, fucking maybe Elon Musk can make that happen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's unless uh, Zuckerberg whoops his ass in this fight they pulled ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, I, you know, I was talking to my father about that. He's like, I, I think Elon's going to win. I'm like, yeah. I, I said, Zuckerberg's like, he knows how to fucking fight because he's been training for a couple of fucking years. Yeah, he trained like mixed martial arts or something, right? Or jujitsu, something. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's no fucking joke. So that'll be interesting if that happens. I saw something with Dana White, I guess, uh, was saying that that, that that he's trying to make that happen in the UFC. So I'm, we'll, I'm, we'll... I'm going to say it like this. They probably both send their av- AI avatars to go fight. They ain't coming themselves. They yeah. don't send their avatars. Yeah. We're going to send two robots that we made fucking going to yeah. fight for us. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> the two richest dudes in the world, they not fighting. They're going to send their Android sales. That's right. Oh, shit. Um, but COVID, COVID did do something else, though. It humbled us as a, as a species. Sure did. You know what I'm saying? And it's something that let folk know, listen, we ain't too much different. We all the same. Mm-hmm. And this little microscopic thing, this something so small, made us realize hey you ain't as big as what you thought huh right humble yourself because it was so much chaos and still right chaos and death right that happened so quick with this mm-hmm. pandemic and i don't even know if we out the pandemic I ain't no i ain't get the memo i ain't get the memo if we out the pandemic yet but what i'm saying is it also made us rely on each other more. It also made us lean on each other. It also made us kind of trust each other more and needed, we needed each other went during the height of the pandemic. We needed humanity to rise up against it. So it showed me that I could still have 
hope in our species because say another species came from another galaxy right now, right? Mm -hmm. And wanted to do some. COVID showed me for the most part. Now there was small pockets of shit, dog, and be like, man, you know, we being divisive. But for the most part, COVID showed me that we could stick together. So if another species came from a different galaxy and wants some smoke, I believe as a species that yeah. humanity gonna say, Oh, we with the smoke then. Yeah. We with the smoke. We got us. Yep, fucking bring it. And that was good for me to see. That was one of the good things out of out of the pandemic that I did see. You know, from all the uh, all the first responders and the frontline workers and the health workers and the scientists and, and you know, just saying, you know what? Let's knock off all this noise, man. Let's get together and crazy, you know, figure out some shit, man. Cause I ain't finna be extinct as a species, man. <laughs> we ain't ready. You no, know no. what I'm saying? No, we're we're still in our infancy. You know, we're, we haven't even, I mean, you know, I know music is ancient, you know, modern music, electronic, fuck, what, what, we're not even, not even a hundred years into it? No, nah, we ain't even a hundred years in electronic music. I mean, like you said, we still in our infancy as, as a species. I mean, ask the cockroach. Cockroach tell you, man, y'all some babies, man. We've been around for millions of years, man. You know, ask the cockroach. Ex octopus, yep. you know, certain species have been here for for long time. Not us, you know what I'm saying. So we still got a lot to learn, but the pandemic did show me that we can stick together. We can put all the nonsense and the noise to the side, man, and, and do some mm -hmm. for humanity. Now, are we gonna continue to learn from the lesson? I don't know, but it, I do still have hope in us as a species. I do. Even though it's some diabolic motherfucking human, I still got hope for the species as a whole. No, I, I I can agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I mean, we, we you know, it, all the shit, you know, right now I think everything's just psychops. Trying to fucking turn everybody against each other and yeah. just, fu just, fucking, just fucking with people and getting people vulnerable. You know, and that's the, the fucking sad thing is, you know, when they do this, they go off, they, they know they're doing it, going after people that are vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, uh, yeah. but, but like you were saying, <clears throat> I don't want to go on a negative thing here, but. No, um, I mean, shit, you know, negative, positive, ain't nothing but two contrasts and similarities, you know what I mean? And, and, oh, well, let, me, let me stop. Let me stop because I don't want people to think I have some type of intelligence enough. <laughs> hey, you was talking about interest enough. So you was a union plumber. Do you know that I do have a trade? I was a union iron worker. No shit. Sir. How long were you in? Bang. I became a journeyman in 2003. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And where were you? Where were you out of? What's what was your? Where's your local? Thirty-seven out of Pittsburgh. Oh, nice. Yep. Fucking where the fucking steel's made. Steel City, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Now is that you were born in Pittsburgh or? No, man. I got a. I got a whole. <laughs> I got a whole crazy upbringing, man. So, yeah, I, I've lived. I lived there. Um, but I've lived all over, man. Uh, Texas. D.C., Virginia, well, currently Virginia, Georgia, 
um, even outside the country, man. So it, it that's another thing that that brought as a kid. I understand travel. My mom was in the Air Force, so I didn't understand. Like, damn, I, I could never make friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we got to leave, right? We always bounce around. So it was crazy, but at the same time, it kind of shaped me to, to the person I am. Like I had to get, like I had to adjust so quickly to everything. You know what I'm saying? And one city that I lived in where that was really hard to adjust to was Philadelphia. Now I'm gonna tell you about Philadelphia because really, you being from the Northeast, right? But Philly's a different Northeast city in the sense that put it like this: they call their hockey team the Broad Street Bullies. Mm-hmm. Everybody in Philadelphia is a bully, for the most part. <laughs> like people just mean and just bully you for for no reason, man. It was hard to get. Like you know, first moving there, it was like I was told not to talk to people. I don't know how to not talk to people because I ha- I had to talk to people all my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like you had to start making friends quick and all that. So don't talk to people in Philly with some real shit because when I you know, spoke to somebody one time. Motherfucker said, fuck? you don't know me, motherfucker. What are you talking to me for? I'm like, damn. All right, I guess I'm just talk to people I don't know in Philly. You know what I mean? Like, that was uh, City of brotherly love, right? Shit. Now, don't get me wrong. I got some real solid friends from Philly. I got some real solid family from Philly. You know what I mean? My, my, my bro, my engineer, one of my other producers, Dave Gaines from Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Dex from Philadelphia, yep. me from yep. Philadelphia, Mir from Philadelphia. So I got my folk in Philadelphia. But as a whole, the Broad Street bully shit is real. So if yep. anybody listening, you visit Philly, don't just be speaking to people. <laughs> just, just do your thing, right? Just do your thing. Go see the Liberty Bell and shit, and go get a, a cheesesteak from South Street or Max's in North Philly, and get your ass out. Yeah. <laughs> Grab and go. Get the fuck out. Grab and go. You know what I mean? Hit a Sixers game, go see the Phillies, do something like that, then get out. <laughs> like the movie say, get out. I'm telling you. You know what oh. I mean? Because they're going to ask you why you're staying so long, bro. You ain't from here, bro. <laughs> no, they cool. Don't get me wrong, man. They cool. Really cool. Nice. So, <clears throat> I guess, real quick, so, Iron Worker, yeah. I'm assuming, you, I mean, Iron workers pretty much live out of their fucking suitcase, so. Bang, you know, journeyman, man, you gotta travel for the month. Yeah, I, I did it, shit, when I got in the union, I got, uh, I went to work for a local contractor, um, this is back in, actually, in 02, 02, oh. I, went, I, I got in, and uh, went to work for a local contractor, got laid off, like, a month later, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck, well, like, just joined the union, Got mm-hmm. fucking laid off. They're like, oh yeah, so it's summer, summer slam, you know. Yep. So we we got sent up. Um, I ended up going up to um, Vermont Yankee. It's a nuclear power plant in Vermont. Oh man, yeah. new plants. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, money makers. <laughs> yes, sir. Power plants, steel mills, new plant. Yes, sir. Yeah. Get get take it. So they're like, hey, you want to go up there and work some overtime? I'm like, yeah. How how much? Seven twelves. I'm like, yep. Seven twelves. Uh-huh. Seven twelves. Seven twelve twelves with spotty overtime. That's what we that's what we say. Yep. And uh fucking I get badged in at Vermont Yankee one year to the day, nine eleven. Wow. And Dang. we were helping build 
these exterior guard towers. It, like that was like we were doing, they were doing some pipe work on, on for something. And we had to do, we had to set something on the guard towers, the, um, one of the stair bases or something. They're like, Oh, you guys can do that. And then I'm there for like three fucking days. And the, and the general foreman was like, Hey, uh, do you want to be a foreman on nights? <laughs> I'm like, uh, what do I got to do? He's like, show up. <laughs> All right. You know, a couple months prior, I'm fucking working in houses. You know, now here I am fucking a foreman in a nuclear power plant. And I, I had no fucking clue what I was doing. I was like 22 years old, I think. Yes, sir. You know, 23. I just fucking just, you know, had had our first child. Uh, I actually had the second, our second daughter, um, you know, when I joined the union. It was just like fucking. Then I went on the road, went up to New York, worked at a powerhouse up there for shit. I was up there for like nine months, um, you know, came home, you know, visit, come home. I would come home if we worked 10 hours. If we didn't work over 10 hours, I would drive home like 110 miles. Sheesh, yeah, man. You yeah, know, it's, it's I like a, sleeping sleeping in my bed, you know? <laughs> yeah, not sleeping at truck stops. Yeah, you know, I, I was fortunate enough. I met one of my best friends in the union, this uh, guy, Dan Matrigali. He's like 10, 12 years older than me. What up, Dan? Uh, nicknamed Blackie. Good guy. Good fucking guy. Blackie! Yeah, I, I don't know if he's listening. I, I tried getting a hold of him a while ago. I haven't heard back, so I hope everything's cool on the home front on his end. But dig it, dig it. Um, yeah, just you, you know, you just you make these bonds with people, and it's yeah. like you're living with them. You're working fucking next to them every day. It's like you 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 form bonds with people, and it's like it's like holy shit. Like there's a whole nother world out there, and. You know, and, and to stay, like, we always tell our kids, we gave you your roots. You guys can always come back here. Go out, branch out. Yeah. Find out what the hell's out there. Big world. It's a big There's world. so much. So much. So much. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, you know, so yeah, the, the union thing, that was a great thing, man. That's awesome. I, you know, steel worker. Freaking local yeah, union guy, man. I love it. Well, you know what carpenters call iron workers? They call they call iron workers laborers with a boat bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first yeah. day of your apprenticeship, they ask you, "You want to be an iron worker?" Yeah. Well, well, what are the you know like what are the requirements? You scared of heights? No. All right, get your ass up there and connected then. All right. Okay. Yep. <laughs> like, hey, a lot of people think that iron workers are stupid, like just always on a Harley, always coked up and just always in the air looking down on people. But for the most part, I've only met like five or six asshole iron workers. Now, don't get me wrong. Iron workers have this tendency because especially erectors and connectors, and that's what I did mostly. Yep. If you're literally looking down on people, eight, 10, 12 hours a day. How do you think that affects your psychology when you hit the ground? Yeah. You you can be a condescending asshole because you're sure. literally looking down on people all day. Yeah, I'm up above you all day, motherfucker. Watch it yeah. or I'm going to drop a fucking beam on you. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's the attitude for, the, you know, for a lot of iron workers. But at the same time, you got the standard of excellence when you, in, in iron work, when you say, 
the standard of excellence. You you hanging something up, you putting some steel up, you putting a skeleton together for a building, you know, or, or amusement park or whatever. And you're looking back and saying, I did this right. So nobody gets hurt and nobody gets killed. I made sure my work was excellent Yeah. for that reason, you yeah. know, from a fucking, from windows being put in to bridges being built, certain, not just iron workers, but within that trade, that's the slogan standard of excellence for a reason, you know? And I, I kind of bring that to my music, man. Like with this, the standard of excellence, I'm hard on myself when it comes to when I'm, when I'm, when I'm in the booth, man, when I'm on the stage, I am hard on myself, but not like beating myself up wise, but I'm hard on myself to push myself. I'm hard on myself to say, all right, you know, me and Sid going back and forth. Hey, what you feel about this record? How you feel about it? Hey, Dave Gaines, how you feel? Dex, what you think about this? You know? And I think one of my partners was like, man, don't be second guessing yourself. And I'm like, nah, it ain't that. It ain't that at all. I know I can go. What I'm saying is, is this shit, does it meet the quality that I want to bring to the people? Does it have the quality? Is it quality for them? Because I'm not going to be in there wasting their time. Because it's their ear that they lending me to listen to this shit. I ain't going to waste their time, man. Yeah, you got to be, <clears throat> excuse me, you got to be real. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, you know, you're saying being hard on yourself. And I think that's just, you know, guys that, you know, construction, blue, just, I'm going to say blue collar workers. Yeah, blue collar. That's what we are. So you know, Dex and I were talking the other night and that's what he's like, dude, we're blue collar guys. You're a blue collar guy. We're all the fucking same. Yep. And it's that work ethic. You know, I was instilled by my grandfather getting up at fucking three 30 every morning to go collect guard garbage for fucking pigs mm. to come back to steam the garbage, to feed the fucking pigs, then to go work the fields to, for the crops, for the fucking cows. It is, you know, and it's like, I had a, you know, one of the most real conversations I ever had with my grandfather, my Jaju, who passed away in, uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's five, six, shit, six years this year. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, one of my opinion. biggest influences, my youngest son, one of his biggest influence, just a fucking solid dude. Just a, just, just an old school, you know, I never saw the man cry. Uh, you know, I take that back. I saw him cry um, two days before he died. Hmm. Two days before he died, um, he ended up with stomach cancer um, right before Christmas. Thought he was coming home, couldn't come home, and and you know lived a few more weeks, um, and then you know passed away. And uh, wow, he uh, he he always he, something he said to me, <clears throat> and it just burned in my brain. You know, when I was going to high school, you know, I was going through. I went to a vocational school, and I'm like, you know, I don't really know what I'm going to do. And, you know, figure it out. Like, I, I figured, oh, I'm going to be an electrician. And, you know, noble trade. Like, be cool. I get there, and I'm like, fucking electrical sucks. Like, this sucks. Like, get fucking zapped. Freaking, like, <laughs> no, this isn't for me. So I came home, and I'm telling my grandfather, I said, you know what? I said, it's a, the school is an agricultural school. Smith Vocational Agricultural High School. Nice. You know, that school was founded on farming. So I said, you know what? said to my grandfather, I said, I'm going to follow in your footsteps and I'm going to be a farmer. Oh, and he got so fucking real with me. He says, don't do that to yourself. And I said, are you kidding me? Your father was a farmer, you know, who was actually the, the milkman and 
ran fucking moonshine on the fucking horse-drawn carriage back in Prohibition. (laughs) Yeah, my great-grandfather was a fucking moonshiner. We had, they had stills on the farm and uh, he'd stash it in with the fucking milk and then deliver it to to everybody in with their milk order. He'd have some, uh, some, uh, some moonshine until he got caught by the fucking cops. Damn. Damn. But I think he was still doing it too because he ended up buying a touring car. What my grandfather called it a touring car, and he would bring guys over to Springfield, Mass, which is where the gambling, the nice. hookers, the drugs. Yeah, you know Springfield. Yep. So yeah, he would go over there, drop guys off so they could party and, you know, shack up with hookers and do drugs and whatever all weekend. Then Sunday Sunday afternoon, he'd go back, pick them up, and drive them back. That was his like side gig. Damn. So he was, yeah, interesting. My great grandfather was a was a trip, but uh, you know, my my grandfather, you know, when I told him that with the farming, he he says, you know, don't do that to yourself. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you have no sick time, you have no vacations, you're not going anywhere with your family, you're married to this. Mm. And and I'm like, okay. He's like, go pick up a trade. Mm. He's like, you don't want this. So I said, okay. And that's when I became a plumber when it got into plumbing and you know, that was it. But it's just like, you know, <clears throat> that, that attitude that, you know, and I always took that attitude, that hard, hard on yourself. You strive for perfection. You don't want to half-ass anything because at the end of the day, you half-ass something. You look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. You know, it's like, why would you put any effort into it? If you're not going to put it 110%. That's and that's how I feel about it, bro. You know, yeah. When I you step know. in that booth, when I step on that stage, um, I mean, I think Christians say something like, "Leave it at the altar," right? So, I wanna, I wanna leave everything I got right there. You know, what, what I got in me, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you everything, I'm gonna give it to you, and and it's not because, oh, I'm trying to go platinum, I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying? It ain't that? It's again. I'm humbled and honored to still even be here in this flesh to even share some some shit on some beats for a motherfucker to actually give me the air to listen to. You know, now don't get me wrong, I don't down myself or, or in a sense of like I have some accomplishments in this game, but at the same time, I don't talk about that shit. Yeah. I don't talk about it. For what? You know what I mean? And and in a large way, you know, especially in hip hop, you start flashing and flaunting, you look like a, 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 a porterhouse for for somebody starving. Yeah, you're you're ripe for the fucking pickings. You ripe Here for we the pickings. Yep. You know what I'm saying. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a stunt. I'm a stunt on folk. Not me. No 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 no. I done, I done been in some shit. I done seen some shit. You you dig what I'm saying? I'm I'm humble to even be here. You dig what I mean? And 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 and, and being humble, but still being able to leave it all in and give it give it all you got. It is it's a it's a delicate combination, but if you can find that combination, then you successful every time you do something. You know what I mean? Cause I don't I don't look at the numbers, bro. I don't look at the numbers of people who who got the album or you know how many views we get or how many likes. I don't I don't care about none of that. What I care about is like this this podcast. Somebody reaching out to me and saying, Man, can I have you on my show? You know what I'm saying? What I care about is somebody DM me, DM me and say, man, you stopped me from killing myself, bro. Something you said. Huh? 
yeah, I, I, I ain't in it to be like, hey, I got these motherfucking spinners on this thing. I got trunk pop, neon lights glowing, you know what I'm saying? Stunting on Nah, 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 nah. That ain't me. I mean, if that's you, that's you. I ain't mad at you. Yep. But I done been in certain environments, like I said, you know, you around a bunch of hungry hyenas, nigga, and <laughs> you flaunting and stunting. You mm. might not be leaving, bro, bro. You no, might not be leaving. You know, I was saying uh, that l- last night when Dex called me, you know, we were talking about just, just people being, you know, just shitty people. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, they, they put on their face, you know. I'm going to put my face on. I'm going to fucking gonna sit here and smile. And I'm going to kiss your ass. And at the same time, I'm going to be fucking stabbing you in the back. Oh, man. Snitching and it just, words. you know, it just, in that shit, that's the shit that like, like, you know, I, I've never been, ab- I've been, a, I've always been up front with people. Like, yeah. you know, when you yeah. talk to me, this is what you're getting. This is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not changing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know say something to make you feel good because you know, it's the right that I'm going to fucking be real. Like, you know, you come up, you know, somebody comes up to me, starts talking to me and they're an asshole. It's like, yeah, cool. Later. Right. Like, I don't need that. I don't want that in my fucking life. Yeah. I ain't entertaining it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, and it's funny, it, man, because the online thing is so different. Like, you know, because back in the day, like, you know, if somebody, you know, says something crazy to you, you have the option why you're in person to address it in several mm-hmm. different ways. But when it's online, yeah. it's like, like, that's why I call them gigabyte gangsters and keyboard killers. I'm like, y'all yeah. funny, man. Y'all funny. Yeah. There is no gangster in you. You know, yeah. like, I, and I don't do this, but I see people that do, but I don't post what people be messaging me and how, you know, folk be coming at me. I don't because is no need. I'm like you said, I'm not entertaining it. You know what I mean? Is yeah. because here's the thing. If you really felt that way, you wouldn't be in my DM. You uh-huh. would see me. Yeah. Somebody that wants to fuck fuck with you isn't gonna announce it. They're just gonna fucking show up. You dig. That's that's the those are the real motherfuckers you gotta worry about. Right. Is that fucking knock at the door in the middle of the night, like who the fuck is this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I keep it smooth, you know? I mean, it's funny, man, because when, when folk, so folk, <laughs> when folk think that you're a celebrity or you are a celebrity or you know celebrities, mm-hmm. then certain folk want to target you out of nowhere, it seems, but like they know you in a sense. <laughs> and here's the, here's the funny twist about it. I say it in my uh, and I say it in a lot of records, but you know, in the fuck up my face record, where I say we we can all die right now, bro. You fucking with a suicidal maniac. Mm-hmm. So, what you want to do? Cause we could die right now. Mm-hmm. We plural motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> I'm taking you with me. Yeah, we gone. We gone. Yeah. We can talk about it on the other side. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That shakes you. You know, I think Heath Ledger's Joker character says something to the effect of people show you who they really are right before they about to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, fucking Heath Ledger, man. Oh, 
Oh, that, yeah, he that fucking, that performance in that movie, that Joker, like every time I watch it, I'm like, God, I wish he was still here because yeah. he would just, he would get you and grab you, pull you in, and you were in for the fucking ride. Man, like, still the performance. It wasn't even you know, performance. It was just, it was. And, and don't get me wrong. I like y'all Queen Phoenix portrayal of the Joker too. It was in a different, you know, in a, through a different lens and like a different universe. I felt that. I felt that too. The Heath Ledger Joker, I felt on a whole different level. You know, um, Bane, I felt on a whole different level. I mean, I guess I like villains, but I don't really look at them as villains. I look at them as a, a contrast to normality in a large way. You know, it, you say that, it's like, did, did you watch The Walking Dead at all? Dang, I read the comic and watched it. Okay. Yeah. You, so, you know, like, Negan, That's you love to hate that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But at the you know, you he's a necessary evil. But is he evil? But is he evil? Right. You know, is he evil? He's fucking protecting his family. He's doing what he thinks is right. You know, it and that I love that kind of shit where it's like it, and that's that that really that type of character, that persona, it's like holy shit. Yeah. I, I hate you, but I like you. <laughs> because really it's like was it him or was Lucille in control? Yeah, right. Right. But for, for me, one of my favorite characters, Negan, but Morgan was one of my favorite characters too, just because of the, the juxtapose. Like, damn, initially, people could have perceived Morgan as schizophrenic. Oh, absolutely. But. To the initiated, we like nah, motherfucker. He ain't schizophrenic. He knows something, something going on. He's, he's tuned in. He's tuned in. Yeah, he's tapped in. You know what I'm saying? So, but that whole series, man, that whole universe right there, it. But we could do a whole podcast on that itself. You know, on, on the Walking Dead, and as maybe as we'll do that one day. I'm down. I'm All down, right. man. Because you know. That 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 so I call it a social study, <laughs> the Walking Dead social study. Mm-hmm. It is very intriguing, very intriguing, bro. It's you know I love it because it, I mean, it shows people when they can be their fucking best or their absolute worst. Like they, you know, where you can pull from. There's places in the human soul you know, inside you where you can pull from and it's like, everybody's got it, but what's Mm going to bring it out or what's going to, you know, you know, force you into that situation. I mean, there were so many moments on that, on the show where it was just like, you know, when Rick bit that fucking biker's neck and fucking ripped his throat out, (laughs) Yeah, you know, it, it was fucking brilliant, but it was also like, this guy is doing whatever he has to do to keep his kid alive and move forward and yep. protect his legacy. Like it, it's so it, it, that show gets deep. It's it it's so deep. It does, man. That's why I say it's a social study, you know, cause the most dangerous aspect of the walking dead wasn't the, wasn't zombies. It was those who weren't zombies. They were the, the walking dead. Yeah. People are fucking scary. Yeah, man. We can be a scary species. We can. We definitely can. And but being able to see that contrast, knowing that 
you can be a brilliant species and an illuminated species too, you know, and, and having the experiences that are bad or being in them situations can shape you in a certain way where you become the opposite. You know what I'm saying? You don't become the monsters that you're trying to kill because you've experienced what that monster looks like. So you do the opposite, but not knowing, like you have to, you have to go through shit in order to know shit. Oh, you absolutely. To, you know, and that's why with the record, it was like savior isn't coming is because for me and my belief is ain't nobody coming to save you. So you better save yourself. Yeah. For whatever that means, you know, people ask me, well, are you agnostic? Are you atheist? Are you this or that? I'm like, well, what it mean to you? Interpret it how you want. Just like you look at a painting. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to tell you what it means for you. But Savior isn't coming to for me is like some blue collar shit in a large way. I got to pick myself up by my own bootstrap, strap myself up, tighten my belt. I got to do this. I can't be sitting in the corner thinking like, how I'm going to kick these drugs, how I'm going to kick this alcohol, I'm going to just wait for somebody to come do it for me. You got to mm -hmm. do it yourself. You got to save yourself. And as you start to pull yourself up out of these sunken places, there are going to be people that are going to help you along your way. But you got to save yourself. Yeah. And, you know, and that's people got to come to terms with that because if you can't save yourself, you're not going to fucking save anybody else. Hell no. Bro, yeah. what's one of the first things they tell you when you're on an airplane? They say, when the oxygen masks come down, make sure you put yours on first before you try to help anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's for a reason. How am I help you if I can't breathe? Yeah. I got to be breathing. <laughs> I got to help myself before I can help you. I got to help yeah. myself before I can help you. You know, it's not being selfish. It's being self-fooled to understand that I got to be right with me and right for me in order for me to be good to you and good for you. But I got to do that myself. I can't expect nobody else to do it for me. You know what I mean? If people would look at it like this, don't expect nobody else to wipe your ass. Do it yourself. <laughs> if it was that simple, you know what I'm saying? More people would do it, but you got a lot of folk out here that are just waiting for somebody to do something for them in order to make change. Yeah. Nah. A savior ain't coming. And me and Sid talked about it. Like, a savior ain't coming. You dig what I'm saying? A savior is not coming to do what you need to do for yourself. You become your own savior at that point when you're doing for self. You got to do it. That's, it, that's yeah, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Nobody's coming for you. Savior isn't coming for you. Fucking pull your fucking, pull your fucking boots on. Freaking strap up your belt and get out there and do it. That's it. You know, that was like, you know, so <clears throat> just so you know, and uh, the, the whole reason I, you know, the, the, this podcast idea started well over a year ago and I didn't know how I was going to execute it or do it. And I'm just like, I'm looking for inspiration. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I started, you know, we started talking, yes, sir. you know, I sent you, you know, the emails with some of the stuff that I, you know, musically that oh. I started getting back into. Um, the slaps. You know, and and that that was because of you, you know, wow. you 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 motivated me. You know, I'm like fuck. Well, you know this. You're you know you're you're taking the time to critique or you know give me a good compliment. So I'm like fuck. What am I going to do in return? 
well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to pick, pick, put on my boots. I'm going to strap those motherfuckers up, pull up my pants, put on my belt, and I'm going to fucking get out there. And I'm going to do something. Oh, man. Damn. That's what's up, bro. Damn. It's, I, I, I ain't even know. Yeah. It, but it's the, the whole message behind the, the, behind it is positivity, man. You lifted, you didn't know me. You didn't have to come on this podcast. And by the way, I fucking appreciate this. And I don't care if there's two people or 16 people or 25 people or fucking 10,000 people listening. Yep. Yep. It don't you know, matter. it's, it's the conversation. I like conversation. I like talking to people. I like hearing their story. Damn. I want other people to know other people's stories and know their struggles because that person, you don't know that's on the other end, what, what he's going through. Like, holy, like you said, with music. People are relating to it. Yeah. They're picking up on things like, oh, yeah, you know, this, these words, this spoke to me or mm-hmm. that beat spoke to me or, you know, a, a fucking a meme that you put on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> the feats, <laughs> you know, but you, you fucking see that it brings a smile. It, it, it makes somebody happy. You know, I, I was ha- I having this conversation the other night. I said, you know, holding the door for somebody in the morning when you go get a coffee. Yeah. Saying good morning, mm-hmm. saying hello, have yep. a good day, have a good afternoon. That shit's infectious. Shit matters. Because you could have just taken, somebody could be having a shit day pulling into that coffee shop. You hold the door. Hell, good morning. Come on in. Here, I got the door for you. Oh, thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. That you're resetting the course, hopefully, of how their day is going to go, and how yours is going to go. How, absolutely. Yep. By positivity, it's like if people just act positive and lifted each other up. I I would say ninety percent of the shit we're in, we wouldn't even have to worry about. No. You know, if everybody looked out for each other, I mean, in a perfect world, that's how it would be. But I mean, we don't live in a perfect world. So what can you do? You you look out for the people you care about, your friends, your family, you know, people that might need a, a you don't know, but might need a little bit of an extra help doing something or, you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, it, like you said, bro, it, being a decent human being, you know, we, yeah. you ain't got to be perfect, you, ain't gotta be, you know what I'm saying? But being a decent human being, man. That right there, that's enough. And like you said, like, you know, if it's two people, if it's 2,000 people listening to this podcast, if it's two people, if it's 2,000, 2 million people, whatever, look, listening to the record or watching the video that we just put out. If it's, the, the, the for me, it ain't about quantity necessarily. It's about the quality. So the quality of having built-in relationships, like with you saying, this is a quality relationship. So versus the quantity of people that's not really for you or don't really, you know what I'm saying, trying to holler at you so they can get next to slide or, you know what I'm saying? Like people like, yo, can you introduce me to Ozzy? I'm like, what? Yeah, what <laughs> the fuck? Have you seen the video? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, what are you, oh, okay. You know, so the quality is for me is like, you know, quality over quantity you know what i'm saying and being a decent human being I, the meme shit put it like this i started doing that 
because I was in my own head. I was dealing with my own depression. I said, I need to laugh, man. I need to yeah. just look at stuff and post stuff that makes me laugh and it might help somebody else. You know what I mean? It might, it might not, but it's helping me to laugh a little bit. So I'm going to start posting this because I went through a situation, a few situations. I was just leaving another label that I was on. Things didn't work out. Some other things happened to me and I dove into this real dark like I'm talking about a sunken place, man, where mm-hmm. I had to figure out a way to get out. So laughter, comedy, dark humor, all that helped me get up out of them sunken places. So I said, why not share it? You know what I'm saying? And if you don't like it, if you don't think it's funny, you didn't you ain't gotta comment, you ain't gotta hit the button to make a heart go up, you ain't gotta do none of that. You can unfollow me too. But there are some people that this might be helping. There are some people that do find this entertaining. There are some people that be like, man, I like when you post that shit. You know, so don't get away from me being Ricardo Grimm. I'm still Grimm shit. That's my last name. I'm always be Grimm. I could keep posting the, 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 the cemetery shit and skeletons and just different things that revolve around my world. And I can only post that. But I say, you know what? Let me expose people to a broader part of me because some people just think initially that I was just some scary motherfucker to not approach. You know what I mean? Like somebody, it was when I was with American Record, we were doing a show in Nashville. And I only wore a mask at that time. Nobody really knew what I looked like outside of that. So at one show, it was a group of kids and they were like, are you Ricardo Grimm? And I'm like, yeah. Well, I was walking around the audience. And they were like, one kid was like, man, I don't even know how to, like talk to you like I don't know like you're scary I'm like nah man I, I really ain't though we you know what I'm saying what's up with you yep. and that right there spoke to me because I'm like damn I'm scaring these kids and let me let, me, <laughs> let, me let them know there's more to me than just grim why not you know what I'm saying because I don't want to look at myself as a rapper and look back and say I only show this one aspect as a gimmick no, the mask and the horror and all that really ain't a gimmick. It's a part of who I am. It's a part of, obviously, the flair of me being a rapper. But at the same time, it really is who I am. Yeah. But not in a negative way. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to just be looked at one way. You know, and that could be the Gemini in me. That could be just me being around so many different folks, so many different places. But different masks I got to put on for different reasons. At the same time, I'm always be me. And me ain't always a manically depressed motherfucker. Sometimes I'm laughing. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'm looking at defeats. You dig what I mean? Sometimes I might put some serious Carl Jung philosophy. You dig what I mean? At the same time, that's letting everybody else know that it's okay to not be one way. You can be multiple things. You ain't got to just be one way. And that's, I think, as as humans, as being good people, that's it. You can you can be you can have you can wear different hats. You can you can have, you know. I like hats. Mm-hmm. I got fucking like I got a shitload of fucking hats. You, don't you can put on a different one. hat. <laughs> you can put what's on that? I say you don't just wear the one hat. I'm only gonna wear this one hat because this uh, you got multiple hats that you yeah. like. And you know it's it. it 
I wear a different hat for a different mood, how I'm feeling that day. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, that's it. You gotta be, you gotta be adaptable. You got, you know, you adapt you and that's, you know, and do what feels right for you. And that's right. I I say with Sid, I'll be like, bro, you know, should I wear the mask on this interview? Should I not wear the mask on this live? He'd be like, hey, bro, this your show. It's up to you. What you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm asking yeah, you I, because. <laughs> and I apologize. I can't get video feed up for some reason today. So it's just, this is just, this oh, is just I, doing. Uh, what's that? It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a next time I'll try to, we'll try to go live or something on Instagram or, uh, oh, you know, we'll, do that. I'm yeah, down with me. that. Hey, listen, this is one thing about me, man. And that's another th- reason I don't be putting my resume out there. Is because sometimes people when looking at folk that in this in the music or entertainment business, like they unapproachable or that, you know what I'm saying? Like, or and then a lot of times people in this business, and I know folk, be so unapproachable that some people be like, I guess all entertainers are like that. And no, we're not. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's like, hey, I'm down. If it's real, I'm down. I'm down to do it. You know what I mean? I'm I'm down to rock. I'm down to, you know, I'm I'm <laughs> who the fuck I think I am? Better than somebody out here? Nah, I'm just trying to be better than I was yesterday. I ain't trying to be better than you or think I'm better than you, you, you. I'm just trying to be a better me. That's it. The sooner, this is the thing that's going to stop me. That's, I ain't mean to cut you off. If I ever, and I got so, I got good homies and family that put me in check if I ever did, but if I ever got to the point where I'm on some superstar shit, I'm on some fake diva shit, I'm on some fake rapper shit, mm-hmm. punch me in my fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> you have, you got the green light too. Giving you a check. Yeah. If Keeping I you ever, in fucking check. I ever, ever, ever step on that side of the line, punch me in my fucking mouth. Please do it. You know what? I don't think, I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think you'll get there. I don't think because there's something about, you know, guys like us, the blue collar guy that at the heart of it, we're, we're, we're humble people. You know, we care about other people. We care about doing good. I mean, because, you know, you know, whether, however somebody takes, you know, your album, Savior Isn't Coming, you can perceive that, like we, you said, and you can take that in a hundred different ways. But it's, it's a positive thing. Like you're getting your shit out. You're, that's, to me, it's positive. You're getting stuff out of your head, off your chest, you know, channeling that through, through your, through the ghost gang. Yes, sir. You know, letting people hear that. And that's, uh, you know, it, it's a, to me, it's, that's, that's a huge accomplishment, you know, and it's, um, it's, 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 we're lucky, you know, Dex and I were talking and, I, and he said, you know, he said to me, he's like the universe, it's sometimes, you know, everything lines up and happens for a reason. Like yeah. when we were trying to do it yesterday yeah. and he's like, you know what? It's all good. I said, you're right, man. It is all good. He's like, let's, we'll talk through it tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah. He's like, this is just the universe. This is how the universe is working. You know? Yep. That's how it works. You know, and, and it works in these very unique 
ways, man, when you sit back and you look and you be like, man, I'm, I'm glad it worked out like that. You know what I mean? When I, when me and Sid, when we were out shooting the video for Devil and Me. Um, Great video, by the way. Hey, I appreciate it, bro. Hey, salute to Sid, salute to Henry who shot it. You know, salute to Tone who, you know, the stunt cars, man, and the drifters, it, it, I trusted him and I gave him trust with my life and I did not die. Yep. See? <laughs> Grim, I lost you. You hear me? Grim, you there? Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I lost you for a second. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, salute to salute to everybody. Um, J five seven, Rick Chavez, you know, the whole gang, Henry, um, Sid. Man, Sid, that's man, look, man, just to, to go back to being like just human, like, yeah, he's famous, right? You know, he's slipknot, he's DJ Starscream, but he's Sid. And to see somebody, you know, at his level, but be so humble mm -hmm. is is so dope. Because Again, the misconception a lot of times is that famous folk or celebrities or are, are just one way and they not. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you know, that and the everybody, you know, that Sib has brought together to work with me and work with what we doing and Vama Face Records is so cool. It's so down to earth. It's so mentally expansive, bro that the universe made this all happen by design. All the different situations I've been in on different labels and situations didn't work out on for a reason. Yeah. Because had they had they, then I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm -hmm. And this is where I know I'm supposed to be in the company of who I'm in the company with right now. You know, but do I do this? Do I Say, all right, now nah, let me throw this in everybody's face that nah, I ain't that type of rapper. I ain't that type of I ain't that type of person. Let me throw it, let me rub it in your face. No, 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 no. That ain't who I am. I ain't built like that. I ain't wired like that. Again, I'm humble and grateful to still be here in the flesh. But I died three times physically. Jesus Christ. And I, yeah, because I struggled with addiction and alcoholism. So I, I died three times, man. And I've been brought back three times for a reason, man. So you dig? You I'm home. You're supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be here. You know what I mean? Even if it's just to let somebody else know they're they supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. You dig? So that's why it's important for me. That's why this conversation is important. That's why. The album's important. That's why different things I say online are important. It's because I'm grateful to still be here in the flesh. I got so many homies that ain't here in the flesh or locked up for life. Mm -hmm. That it's an honor, it's a privilege, and I stand here in humility to be able to still to be able to talk to you, to be able to go in the booth record some music get on stage and do something which i'm about to do hey salute to aj house of mass we're doing a pale fest october october 13th out in ohio it's gonna be a time 
Pale I'm gonna try to get out there for that. Oh, bro! If you can, that'd be dope. If you can, yeah. that'd be dope. Cause let me tell you something. We gonna do something. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it like that. We gonna do something. It's gonna yeah, be no, gonna be sick. I uh, I'm working on. <clears throat> I was talking with Dex too yesterday on that, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, man, you should really go to that." And I'm like, "Yeah, hey, I, I, I'm gonna." I'm said, "I'm really, I'm working on it. I think I'm, I'm good." Um, so I think you know tonight I'm gonna grab some tickets and uh and get out there for the for the three days yeah bro if you can man i'm telling you and aj aj's a good let me tell you something about aj from house of mass man he he hit me like yo i got a surprise for you and he sent me a picture and it was a picture of my logo he got tatted on him i, I saw him, i saw him post that up man and salute the trash bag ghost who did my logo. And yeah, when I seen that, I said, AJ, bruh, damn. This 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 it resonated with you, huh? He was like, man, you don't even know. I said, that right there, that lets me know. These things right here let me know it's worth what I'm doing. Cause I ain't gonna lie, bro. Sometimes I'll be sitting back like, and I said it in one record, like I don't wanna rap no more. Right? I'll say that to myself. But different things happen to remind me, nah, this is worth it. It's worth it. Somebody feels it. So, it touches somebody. Somebody get it. Mm -hmm. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Dope. Now that's sick to me. That keep me going. You know what I mean? You invite me on your show. It keep me going. You dig what I'm saying? I do. And I appreciate it, man. I really do. Likewise, brother. I was. Um, so I guess uh, you want to talk about uh, your vi the video that that came out, Devil and Me. Devil and Me. Oh man. So, see, it came up with a storyboard for the Devil and Me, and we sat and thought about it, and he hit me like, "Yo, this is this is how we're gonna do it. This is gonna be sick." Blah 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 blah. So. He, the way we put it together, if you listen to the record and watch the video, then you might be like, well, what's, how's it matching up, right? But when you really pay attention to what's happening and what I'm saying, it it all coincides. So, again, Sid being the director and the thinker that he is, like every shot, everything was calculated, but at the same time, it was still fun. Like yeah. it wasn't work, but we busted all our asses. You dig what I'm saying? Like yeah, it, we, we gorilla, we gorilla style that we busted our asses doing the video, man, and we pulled it off. And and it's just so much dope feedback because of it came from a pure place. It came from a pure place of art. And I I mean honestly, man. That's the most fun I had in a long time. <clears throat> Being in the drift cars too, you know, was so much fun. It was exhilarating, man. It was like freedom. I ain't never been in a drift car like that. And I've done some very risky things, yeah. you know, but at the same time, it felt good to be that free, you know. And it's it, man. He's just, I don't know, he's from this planet, bro. Like oh, He's the alien. Yeah, he's an alien, man. Different, like, shots and angles and just... How he, how he directed, because he was doing, you know, he was directing too. He and Henry were, were directing it. 
it was like, man, this is amazing. I mean, in one part, it's like, this is Sid directing my video. But at the same time, was like, I was watching him in a different way than I had seen him before. I mean, I know him from Slipknot too, but I've never seen him with that type of hat on. When we were talking about, you know, you wear different hats. Yep. And how dedicated he was to it. You know what I'm saying? And everybody was to it. It was like, damn, man, this is an experience. And that's what it was. The whole shoot was an experience. I got a, we got behind the scene footage that I had posted up there. I think I might post it up there tonight too. So folks can see like a little bit of the behind the scenes. Um, And, and one of the second shots, like the second day shot was in the house, but to let people know, to see the other aspect of Grimm, like, yeah, I'm, I've dealt with some things. <laughs> I've dealt with addiction. I've dealt with mental illness. I've dealt with some things when, when like like Chester said, you know, from Lincoln Park. Yeah. Sometimes my head isn't a, a nice place to be at mm -hmm. for myself. You know, not a place to be by myself at all. My head got a lot of monsters in it. So, mm -hmm. you know, when folks see that, what does that mean? The devil in me. Oh, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Add it up, connect whatever dots you want to for it. Like I said, I ain't gonna, I don't like to tell people this record's about this. What it mean to you? But that video shoot was dope. And we actually shooting for another video right now. I can't let out the name of the record we shooting. Um, and we oh, we working on the second album right now too, bro. I, I, I a little birdie told me that that mm -hmm. like that's that's awesome. And do you have you guys have uh, um an expected release or you're still in production or yeah we're still in the production stages like this this was so like the the the, the sick album was so organically put together that we doing it the same way so we don't have a release date for it but just know it's it's coming it's coming mm -hmm. let's let's talk about things coming uh what are we looking like for a tour uh, yeah, man. So I, I got to keep some things under wraps, but let's just say it like this. DJ Starscream is my DJ and Sid mm -hmm. is my producer. Yep. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's coming. Do, it is coming. We do have Pale Fest coming in October with House of Mads Pale Fest. So, you know. Folk can definitely check that out um, as 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 we dip into the spooky season. You know, one of my favorite seasons. But oh, yeah. in between and after, and yeah, we gonna be we gonna be popping up. We gonna be popping up. Good. Well, you get out you get out to Massachusetts way or East Coast. You know, up, up this this way. Oh yeah, you know, you already know what time it is. I get up that way. I'm, you on my line? What's up, bro? We yeah, I'm pulling up on you. I like I'm that. Thanks, man. You know, we'll it, hook you up. To the family, man. So I think Swollen Teeth, Swollen Teeth might be playing message. Where they at right now? I got to look, but salute to the family, Swollen Teeth. Um, that's another band. If folk don't know, that Sid produce. Um, that's family. That's Swollen Teeth, and and they touring the East Coast right now. I think. Okay. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to those guys. Yeah, they go fucking hard. Yeah, Swallowing Teeth. Listen, man. I, I listen to their shit every day. You know what I'm saying? I listen to their shit every day. I think Empty's one of my favorite records of all time, though. You dig? Like, I, I'm i tapped in. You know what I mean? Salute to the fam. 
Nice. I love it. Yeah, there's certain certain albums resonate with, you know, and it's for me I like I like stuff when a when an artist gets out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And gives you something that you're not fucking expecting. Yeah. You yeah. know, like the new fucking Avenged Sevenfold album that just came out. I people know. are shitting on that and I'm like have you, you have you listened to what they're doing? That's not they're not that, that's like they're doing what they want to do. They're making music for themselves. And if you want to take it and accept it and enjoy it, you can. But it's like give it a fucking listen. Like it's freaking wild. Like, you know, there's and I and, and I like that. I like that experimental. I like people getting out of their comfort zone or just maybe they're in their comfort zone and like, you know what? This is what we really want to do and this is what we're giving you. Right. If you don't I'm, like it, Slipknot just did it. What they, they Oh my god. It. So, it, you know what? If folk are like, this ain't Slipknot, this isn't the Slipknot I grew up on. It's like, look, man, check this out. Slipknot did Iowa when it was Iowa time. They did this piece when it was disaster piece time. Listen, this is a different record, but it's still Slipknot. Yep. So when you listen, listen with your Slipknot ears. Understand that Hey, it's art. Now, have your opinion about it, whatever, you know, I ain't mad at you, but at the same time, people evolve. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And the music is always, Slipknot is always going to push forward. They're not going to stay stagnant. It, it Every album I find with them in particular, it's a reinvention of themselves. Like yeah. the first two fucking albums, heaviest fucking shit Iowa maybe one of the fucking our heaviest fucking albums we ever got out of a fucking modern band and don't get me then wrong, volume 3 comes I along I connected heavily like to the great chapter so but for me it was like alright well is is, is, is what's alright I don't have a favorite Slipknot album because every Slipknot album is 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 different energy for me. Just like when people ask me, "What's your favorite song on your album?" I don't have one. Yeah, I don't got one because like, they're all like did little kids, you know, all my children. I got yeah, exactly. You can't, you know. I have four kids. You know, people ask me, "Who's your favorite kid?" It's they're like, "Oh, we know." I'm like, "No, you don't. I don't have fucking favorites." Right. Each of my kids get a little something different from me. And I share that with them and the, each kid gets a different experience with me because that's my, that's how I connect with them, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's what we like, you know, a lot of folk initially thought that me and Sid's album was going to be trap metal. Mm -hmm. And some people were disappointed and it's like, look, I listen to trap metal, but if that's what you want to hear, go listen to the bro Scar Lord, because he do a lot of trap metal. Listen to Kamiata, he do a lot of trap metal. I this ain't a trap metal record. It, you don't you know wanted. what to call it. This is pop. So we I mean I say golf trap, but I've been coining that just because that feels good to me. Because to me, it doesn't put you in some type of musical box category-wise in a way. Right. 
to where it's like, oh, it's golf. Well, it could be anything musically. It ain't got to be trap metal. It ain't got to be because it's Sid. Oh, it's because it's Sid that got to be trap metal. I guess they never listened to Sid's album because he has his own records, DJ Starscream. Sure. You know what I mean? That it don't sound like Slipknot. You know, Corey Taylor doesn't sound like Stone Sour, doesn't sound like Slipknot. Yeah, it's all, it's, they're putting on a different hat. That's it. Putting That's on it. a different hat for their, you know, their, their mood. Are you not entertained? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, and I, I love that. I, you know, that band, <clears throat> you know, always connected. Uh, Slipknot's always connected with me. Oh, you know, first time I saw him was in 99 in Hartford at Ozfest. Oz. Playing on the second fucking stage. There was maybe a hundred of us there. And I had, you know, the, the album had just dropped. And I'm like, you know, I want to check these fucking guys out. And uh, so I'm I'm hanging out at the second stage and, you know, fucking waiting for them to come on. They come on and I'm sitting there and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. What is this? It was like, you know, that bass, that driving bass, the guitars, then the freaking sampling comes in, then the freaking, then Sid's on the, you know, scratching and it's just like, and then you get the freaking, you know, you have essentially three percussionists just fucking banging and it's like, what, what, what just happened to me? Yeah, it was a, it was a, to me, there's, there's always a show or a moment at a concert where it's like a, a an awakening, an awakening, or like an, a religious experience to to me, Absolutely. you know. However you want to interpret religion, yep. you know, it, it's can, to me religion. There's it's just whatever it is, what it is. But it's a, it's a, it's a moment where it moves you, it where moves. it yeah. maybe makes you do something you normally wouldn't do, or like takes you out of your comfort zone. <laughs> Jump in the mosh pit. Get yeah. in there. And, and that's the thing. Like, it's, it's, it's supposed, like, there's going to be people who was like, all right, we're just all about we are not your kind. And you might never be on the end is is uh, the end so far. Like, you never might get there. And that's cool. You know, if that's, if that, if you stuck in all hope is gone, then that's cool. You dig what I'm saying? But at the same time, that doesn't mean that this band or these artists or this artist is going to be stuck there too. Yeah. That- and that's, yeah. And that's, that's the thing about not just making music, but being an art, like really with the technology, anybody can just put music out. Yeah. I mean, you could just fucking put music out and it's shit and it's whatever. And it's like, Oh yeah, here I just sold 10 million albums. Awesome. I sound like fucking 150 other people. Cool. That's your thing. Awesome. Have fun with it. But it's, it's the artists, you know, guys like you guys, like Sid, you know, different bands, you know, uh, guys like fucking Gojira. Um, those guys like to me, you know, I've seen them like, I don't know, four times. Mm. Um, I actually ran into, uh, um, Mario and Krypton, the guitar player. Um, I had flown out to Des Moines for, um, we went out in, what was it? 2021 not fest for, uh, where they had the, the, they had the, the not fest at the, at the balloon fairground. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we were coming back, uh, after the show went back to the hotel and then the next day we we're flying out. I'm in the Des Moines airport, uh, having lunch and Mario and Christian walked in and I'm like, holy shit. I'm sitting with my buddy. I'm like, Oh, it's Mario and Christian. They were, they were talking French when they were walking by. And I saw the long, you're, I'm losing you just a little bit, Grim. You're losing me? Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's your volume. Yes. I, I got you now. Okay. Um, You know, so I, I they're sitting down and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to walk up to them. They, I let them order their food. And I just walked over there and I'm like, you know, I don't want to be an asshole or, you know, a fanboy. I just, I appreciate you guys, your music. It, it's awesome. We saw you at the show. Absolutely. Like just fucking blew me away. And I'm like, you know, at some point, you know, after you're done or whatever, I'd like to grab a picture. Mario stands up and he's like, fuck yeah, man. Grabs me, pulls me in. And I'm, and he's like, all right, go ahead. So I take a shot. He's like, take another one, take another one. Had a conversation. Christian, the same thing stood up, took and, and to me, it's, it's, you know, again, a moving experience, that little bit of positivity that those guys showed me. Yeah. And because they're, they're humble humans, you know, humble. they're, they're real. And, uh, they, they made my, they made my day, you know, it was nice to, to be able to do that. And, uh, it is crazy, you know, I'm just like the juxtapose of, a group that put out a record like the art of dying to be so cool in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you uh, like, are you really cool or am I die right now? Like, what's going on? Because that's how I feel about me. Or even like with, with Slipknot, it's like, you know, you get these people that look like, you know, they're going to set you on fire, you know, but at the same time, they just so cool, you know. So, but again, the real monsters look normal. Yeah. Don't they? <laughs> Jeffrey, Dahmer was a, Jeffrey Dahmer was a normal looking motherfucker. He, he was Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was a normal looking guy. Ted, Ted Bundy tried picking up my mother-in-law. Holy shit. So mm-hmm. my, my wife's family is from Vermont. Oh, man. And my, my wife's mom was, I want to say probably like 14 maybe 15, like, you know, high school, like maybe freshman in high school, like eighth grade, maybe somewhere around there. And she was walking down the street and guy pulled up in this Volkswagen asking her for an address. And she's like, um, and then he told her it was a, it was a woman's like a a shelter. Well, that's where his mother abandoned him. Damn. So, she had an interaction and, you know, she was fortunate that nothing. And then, you know, after the fact, you know, after he got caught, she was like, that guy pulled up to me on the street. I gave him directions to the, you know, to where the home was. Normal fucking looking dude driving a Volkswagen. You, you don't, you don't know. Those are the, those are the, those are the scariest motherfuckers right there. It is. You hit it right on the head. You hit it right on the head, and, and 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 that's what makes this thing so interesting. This social media 
a social study so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, a lot of times you never know who is on the opposite side of that screen. Yeah, you don't know what the fuck their motive is or what they're thinking or what they're doing. Right, 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 right. So you got to always be on your P's and Q's, you know what I mean? You got to have your head on a swivel. You know, what am I saying being, like, be paranoid? Because I, I deal with being paranoid, but at the same time, you got to have your eyes open. Because, the, 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 the you know, the tattooed biker getting off the Harley, walking up to you ain't going to be the one that's going to throw you into the white van necessarily, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You might just want to open the door for you. You all scared and whatever. Meanwhile, there's somebody in the Volkswagen just looking at you, got glasses on, look normal. He be the one to throw your ass in the trunk. Mm -hmm. And the, the Harley riding the Sons of Anarchy looking motherfucker be the one to try to say. Yeah. It's it's funny how, pe you know, people put perceive people in a certain way, you know, and and they they get it in their fucking heads. Like, you know, I'm covered in fucking tattoos. I got a fucking beard. I'm, you know, 370 pounds, 6'2". Like, Maybe like a little bit better. The people like, you might kill me. Yeah, like, talk to me. I'm a fucking teddy bear. I'll talk to anybody about anything at any time. Right. Like, you know, like, it just, yeah, that, that perception of people, which is, you know, I was fortunate. I didn't, you know, we never had any of that. You know, I wasn't brought up like that. It's like you fucking you judge somebody, you judge them for who they are as a person. But you, you know, know how it feels, right? To get them type of stares and looks at you, like, and you know who you are. You're like, come on, man, I'll be the one to try to save you. Yeah, I'll be the one to try to help you. I'll be one to give you my shirt shirt off my back. But okay, you got it. Yeah, people, people. It's it's funny. It, it's I get a chuckle out of it. It's like whatever. Like that's how you want to live your life. Live in fear. Live in fucking judgment. You know, it, I, I, so, <clears throat> you know, I went to, I went to Catholic school, kindergarten to fucking eighth grade. I did too. Yeah. So, you know, you I know what it's like growing up in that it's hellfire and brimstone all the time, all the time. you know, and it was, it was crazy because, you know, my parents were, you know, they were religious, but you know, they, the, the, the public schools maybe at the time weren't the best where we are. And, uh, you know, my mom was a cook at the school. Oh, so nice. I get a discount on tuition cause she, you know, was a cook there. So, you know, it, it was, it was good for me. I, I made a lot of cool friends. One of my, two of my best friends, I I'm still friends with to this day. Um, you know, met them in school, but after I got out of it and, you know, got into what I'm going to say, the real world. And I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot more out there and there's a lot there's people you know that are that are good that, that whether you're you're they're perceived evil or bad yeah. because yeah. of a different opinion or a different religion or whatever it's like you know like like i now it's like i believe in like a higher power i don't know what it is i don't think it's a person i don't know oh is it the universe i don't know I believe in something, but like, you know, yeah. It, and, you know, do, but do I believe in like all this shit that I was, I was force fed and, you know, the first Catholic school I went to, I had this man, the last year I was there, it was third grade. 
and I had this nun and she would beat on the boys. She'd never touch a girl. I experienced she, a similar situation with one of the nuns. Like just, I mean, that, that was evil. Mm-hmm. She was, she was fucking evil. Grabbing my ear and twisting it with her thumb and her finger. She would grab our lower lips oh, and pinch them and slam our faces down into the fucking desk. Dare I say she was possessed. She she may have been. Mm-hmm. There was something not... She, she just had so much hatred towards... Again, it was boys. It was never the girls. And I always... And I, and I, you know, I'd go home and my mom was a cook in that school. Damn. And I told her, you know, you know, like, oh, she hit me. So they fucking had a meeting at the school and pulled me into it without my parents there. They're like, did she hit you? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And she's like, no, I didn't. Did she grab your lip? Yep. No, I didn't. I was like, okay. So, you know, this shit went on for a little bit and there was a kid in our class. He wasn't having it anymore and he stood up and he fucking punched her in the stomach damn and we were just like huh watched him walk out to school walk down the street home that was the last time she ever touched a kid she she wasn't fucking hitting anybody after that it was like she she needed she needed a little fucking a little check but it was just you know i i started having resentment at that age towards Mm -hmm the religion, you know, um, and just the way, you know, it's like, you're preaching to me to be good and be kind and, you know, repent to Jesus and do all these good things. And I'm like, man, you're in here smacking us around for no fucking reason at all. Right. Or, or the deeper part is what was the reason? Like what happened to you to turn you into this? Mm -hmm. What happened (laughs) I'm sure somebody at some point, and it was a man, did something bad to her. You know, maybe that's why she got into, you know, went to the convent or whatever. But yeah, I, and the school, the school ended up closing and merging with another one um, after that, after that year, which was like, it was so nice to get out of there. And uh, it's funny you say that too, because in Catholic schools was the reason I went all REM and lost my religion. Mm-hmm. Catholic schools, and I'm not downing Catholicism necessarily, but being in Catholic schools, yeah, I got my RM on. I lost my religion then and there. Like, okay, yep. this what it's about. All right, okay, you know, I won't go in too deep because I'm going into it on the record on the album. Um, oh, nice, nice. We want to point out this, like on Kendrick's last album, on K Dot's album, um, this morale and the big steppers. He touched on a lot of different subjects, but he touched on something, a few different things that hip hop really don't touch on. And, you know, that 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 right there is so important for for music and, it's, you know, for rappers, man, to, to touch areas and explore areas that are just so taboo in hip hop. But to talk about it because we go through it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and for people that have heard the Mr. Morale record, uh, there's a record on there where he's talking about um, dealing with family situations, dealing with molestation, and dealing with, you know, these different topics that, you know, it, it ain't always cool to talk about, but we got to talk about 
the things that shape us. Because if you still are here, then you have a message to, to share. You know, if you if you come out of them sunken places, then you got a message to share. So, you know, again, like I said, you know, I, I lost my religion back then. Um, but, you know, as far as like the religious canons of this, that, you're this and that, but, you know, my belief system is like, you know, the law of attraction for me is a universal thing. So I look at it and say, you know, like Neville Goddard, like, you know, or even like uh, 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 as a man thinketh, you know, so too shall he be or she be or, you know, however you want to identify yourself, um, mm -hmm. but your thoughts become things, right? To me, that's that's my belief system. Like your thoughts do become things and be very particular about what you think. Yeah, because it can it can manifest into something else. It can manifest into something else. You know what I mean? So, you know, and um, oh shit, I hate to, I don't want to wrap this up now, but I do got to wrap it up. I got a session after hit. Um, oh shit! All right. I do want to say, um, on the end of note, again, I appreciate you for having me on your show, bro. It's some real shit. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, this lets me know that. It, 